I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello. Before we get started this week, I need to thank a couple of new Patreon subscribers. First up is Patch Kun, who always smells really nice. And Chris Constable, who's the kind of guy that you wouldn't mind cuddling after sex. There we go. You're listening to Probably True. Please be aware that this podcast may contain strong language and adult themes. It would be boring without them. I went to Berlin recently, and most gays, when they hear that, will immediately be all, Oh yeah, I bet you did. All the sex clubs and the dark rooms and the shagging left, right and centre. Eh? Eh? Four. Eh? I know this because that is the kind of thing that people have said to me when I got back. And, to be honest, I have assumed similar things whenever my friends go there, mostly because when they come back from there, they all have these really filthy stories. In fact, once, I was kind of seeing a guy who wasn't very emotionally accessible, and he went to Berlin for a week with work. I messaged him while he was there asking how it was going, and he replied that he was feeling pretty lonely and miserable, and how nice it was to hear from me and all that, which was amazing for me. Because I was super into him, and this was the first real instance of some emotional connection we'd had. Turns out I've got a bit of a thing for guys that don't express emotions properly. But that's a topic for another episode. Or, possibly, my therapist. Not wanting to lose this opportunity to open up with him and for him to fall in love with me and us live happily ever after, I said, If you want, I could call you, and we could chat for a bit. You know, I'll keep you company. And he replied, Yeah, I'd like that, but... Can we do it tomorrow? I've got to go out to dinner with a few work people, so I don't really have time now. And then, as you've no doubt guessed, his dinner out with work people got a bit messy and he ended up in some dark room somewhere with various Germans pounding those emotions out of him. While I was sat at home looking forward to talking with him and secretly picking out the stationery for our wedding invites. And then when I messaged him the next day asking how he was doing and when would be good to call him, he was suddenly feeling a lot better, if a bit sticky, and no longer needed my emotional support. You'll just have to imagine the face I'm pulling right now. Anyway, Berlin. Famous among the gays for great nightclubs and a very sex-positive atmosphere, which basically means a lot of shagging all over the place. At least, so I'd been led to believe, and I was quite up for that, to be honest. But that's not how it went. I did, in fact, end up in a converted warehouse with about a hundred other men, all of us completely naked. But... All I did was sob uncontrollably for 20 minutes in the arms of a lovely Swede whose name I didn't know. Because, of course, I fucking did. There was even a handsome and impressively well-hung twink laid about three feet from my head getting a really good BJ, but I was too busy catharting to enjoy watching it. Besides which, I couldn't see through the tears. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. I was in Berlin because I'd been invited to a sort of hippie festival-y thing for LGBTQ men that sounded quite fun and at least a bit sexy. Although, mostly it seemed like it'd be a good idea to get in touch with myself emotionally and all that sort of thing. And I just know that some of you rolled your eyes as I said that because, to be honest, part of me was doing the same thing before I got there. In the programme, there were group workshops with names like Healing the Father Wound and stuff like that. So I knew it was going to be super hippie and there were workshops with phrases like Explorations of Nudity in the description. So I was looking forward to quite a fun weekend. 
Then when we got there, the first thing the organiser did was get everyone, about 150 people, into a big circle and told them to walk around the room, hug a stranger, look them in the eye and say something like, I see you with kind eyes. You are welcome here, as you are. And fuck me, that didn't half set something off. We all had to do that five times to strangers. I would be lying if I said I didn't leave a trail of snot and tears down the back of every single one of those people that said it to me. You see, I didn't get a lot of that growing up. I'm not sure anyone my age did. We went from schoolyard taunts and all that denial to university, which wasn't really that different because no one really grows up between college and university because after years of hearing all that negative shit all the time, you start to take it in a little bit and you're just expecting it in the new place. It doesn't help, of course, that all the gay role models at the time were bitchy queens and gay characters in the media were always comic relief, always ready with the snide comment or the perfect put-down rather than anything useful or uplifting. And when you're in a group of people where the same thing has happened to everyone, it's difficult to relate to anyone in an authentic way. Every interaction becomes a preemptive self-defence. The gays I grew up with didn't know how to relate to one another in any way other than bitchy put-downs and nasty comments or blowjobs and shagging. That's the wanky hippie way of saying that if you grow up surrounded by people who are all bitchy queens, it won't be long before you become a massive bitchy queen yourself because you don't know there's any other way to behave. Or... If you do try not to do that and behave more authentically, you'll very quickly learn not to, because in those situations, allowing yourself to be vulnerable at all just makes the bitchy comments from others hurt even more. Which reinforces the idea that you should be making bitchy comments too, because if you try anything else, you'd just be the one who gets ripped apart. Think of it a bit like a pearl. In an oyster, anything that gets inside the shell that doesn't belong there gets coated in a layer of goo to stop it doing any damage. Over time, layers and layers more goo are added, all of which solidify and harden, and that's how we get pearls. It's a coincidence that they're visually appealing to humans, because inside they're just something that doesn't belong that's been covered in layers of shit to stop it doing any damage. And, you know, it's purely because they look pretty to us that society gives them any value. And if there's a better metaphor for queer life, I'm not sure what it would be. It'd be nice to say that all this starts to wear off as we get older and things get a little better and we can start to come out of these shells and be ourselves and real people, but it's not always the case. You know, I once heard someone complain that he found it difficult to make friends because he didn't know if people liked him for him or because he was part of the cool group. And, you know, I can kind of understand that. High school's a really hard place to be yourself and make friends. But this guy was 33 when he said this. He wasn't at school, he just hung around with people who didn't know how to behave any differently than they did when they were 16. And it would be easy to think, oh my god, lol, what a loser, still acting like he's in high school. Which would be fair, because that's what I thought. But it's not really fair. Growth is difficult, and change is really scary. Especially when you're surrounded by people who aren't changing themselves and they're all stuck in that way of acting and thinking. It becomes a little bit like the pearl intentionally wrapping itself in more and more goo. Or if we can shift metaphors, think of it as being like Tony Stark in his Iron Man armour. Only, instead of taking it off when you didn't need it, you feel like you'll always need it. So it becomes your default state. You eat and sleep and fuck wearing it. Christ, do you fuck wearing it. Which in itself leads to some interesting ideas. Does the dick get its own little erection armour? Does little port open up for it to pop out? Does it vibrate? That'd be handy. Anyway, instead of taking off this armour, you occasionally add extra layers or a new weapon or whatever because that's what you think you need to do. Obviously that's super unhealthy, but if you don't know any different, then you don't know that that's unhealthy, let alone that there are other ways to be. 
I remember once reading on Tumblr or somewhere that for every single person in the world, there's a sentence that can reduce them to a blubbering wreck. Just a string of syllables that would completely destroy them. After reading it, I did start to wonder what mine might be. Things like, no one really likes you, they just tolerate you. And he never liked you as much as you liked him. And stuff like that. They never seemed to work. There was no pain or any impact from those words. And I began to think that maybe I was immune. And there was no string of words that could do that to me. And then, in that room in Berlin, surrounded by strangers all hugging each other and saying nice things, I was proven wrong. Turns out, it wasn't the possibility that I wasn't loved that would get me. I was ready for that, anticipating it almost. It had been the subtext of most of society as I'd grown up. And that wasn't scary to me in the same way that threatening to drown a fish isn't scary to the fish. You can't threaten me with my own living room. I'll just sit on the sofa and bug you until you make me a cup of tea. Instead, it was the possibility that I was loved and deserving of genuine affection as myself from other people that finally got through all this armour. As that first random stranger looked at me and said something about how I was worthy and welcome and loved, I felt my Iron Man armour short-circuit and not know what to do and eventually just go, no, you're on your own, best of luck, before just shutting down and spitting me out. So after all that time of being hidden and protected and untouchable, suddenly I was vulnerable and very exposed. And I did my best in that situation. I mumbled the same thing back to everyone I could, tried unsuccessfully not to cry or snot on everyone that talked to me, and then sat in a corner and tried to fold up into myself, because I didn't know how to act anymore. All of my usual responses were gone, because they were part of that armour. And this went on for a couple of days, more workshops that involved further emotional prodding and poking, and eventually, I ended up sobbing my heart out in the arms of some poor Swedish boy who probably was just expecting to get his knob gobbled like everyone else. So, it turns out, I'm not Iron Man. I'm not even Super Ted. But maybe that's for the best, really. Although, if I were Tony Stark, I'd have got Captain Marvel to do the snap thing at the end of Endgame. She'd have survived it, surely. That was probably true. The repeatedly award-winning storytelling series created by me, Scott Flashheart, to remind all of my queer brothers and sisters that we are none of us alone. You can find transcripts of every episode, links and other things at probablytruepodcast.com. There's additional content and other lovely stuff available to subscribers at patreon.com forward slash probablytrue. And if you want to get in touch, just search Probably True Podcast on the socials. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 